In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Does what I've done in the past define who I am in the present? You mean like in eighth grade when I propped all the metal folding chairs up against the door so when the teacher walked in, they all slammed on the floor? You know, and, and that story does not surprise me because... You're basically telling me that you were labeled a troublemaker, and I kind of think once a troublemaker, are always a troublemaker. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so my past really has defined my present. Well, <laughs> I think in this case it has, so I don't know if that's a great example. Well, one thing, does everyone have secrets? Have you ever thought of that? Like you're watching a movie or and they're talking about, oh, my, my deep, dark secrets or the, the skeletons in their closet, and you're thinking... What do people have? Like, do they really have skeletons in their closet? Well, okay, let, let's, where does that phrase, skeletons in your closet, come from anyway? That's an interesting concept. I know. You know it probably comes from some 18th century origin, idiom, whatever they call those things. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on a trail here. That's because, a, that's a as you know, Yeah, it's a shocker. As you know, I just got back from Israel. And by the way, thank you for holding down the fort while I was gone. Yes. I, I hear wonderful stories about you and yes. doing radio. And it was not easy. I, I hope you missed. I hope you missed me. But anyway, when we, one of the things, uh, we had a, a fantastic guide on our trip. And he was really, he would share stories with us and things. And, and it would be the origins of certain phrases or origins of words, which I find fascinating. Because yes. so many of, uh, of our words today in the English language goes back, you know, 3,000 years like or that, something. Like skeleton in the closet or throw yeah. the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, every, they, they have meanings to them. One of the things we learned, which is really cool, and I'm going to have to put this picture on the website, but it was called the, the loophole. And what it is is there's um, they have these walls that surrounded like even the city of Jerusalem or the ancient cities. And it, it actually it looks like a skinny, uh, long, skinny needle opening up from when you're on the outside looking in. But when you're on the other side of the wall, it opens up bigger. It was so the people can stand on the wall and shoot out arrows. And they had plenty of room on the inside to shoot out. But from the outside, there's no way you could get an arrow in. in. Yeah. So it's called a loophole, which is where we get our, you know, the phrase the loophole today in, um, in law and everything. Looking yeah. for the loophole. Look, look for the loophole. Looking for the loophole. Okay. I just found that fascinating. So when you said skeletons in your closet, it kind of triggered that. That was my trail. <laughs> that was a good trail. Okay. Thank you. I, I, I like that. the loophole. Actually, we could probably manage to put the loophole because we're talking about does your past define your present? Like, are you letting the arrows 
like come in? Can, can we do that? Can we stretch it? <laughs> okay, maybe we need to get off the loophole trail right now. Okay, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. And we are all about rallying you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And, and we're going to have more information about our show today and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Later on in our show, we have a very, very special guest. But before we go into our guest, back to our original question for today, does what I've done in the past define who I am in the present? Well, and you know, in working with women over the years, we, we love to encourage women, to inspire them, because so many women, as we found, and we all are this way, we have allowed something that's happened in our past, some brokenness, um, a failure, a disappointment, a bad choice. A lot of times we've allowed that to carry into mm-hmm. our present and define who we are. And we, we can't get past that definition of something that we did or that was done to us. And we allow that to define us mm-hmm. and really rob us of the present moments and just the joy and, the, and just being in the moment because of something that happened in the past. And I know I love to hike and I can't help but think of using that as an example, even though um, someone who's had had the past a, a huge wound or a major hurt in their life, they would look at that uh, comparison and go, what are you talking about? But, you know, when you're hiking and you have obstacles and, uh, you know, rocks that are in the way, or you might sprain your ankle because you've slipped, or you might have to jump aco- across the, the creek and get wet, but you took that leap of faith anyway. It's one of those things that you, you're getting, that's your journey, and you're, you're moving from here to there. You're not going to look at all of that and let it define you. You're not going to look at those obstacles in the road, the rock that made you cause you to slip, the creek that, you know, you had to figure out how to get around. You don't look at that and go, that defines who I am right now. Or you now don't as focus on that. You go, it was an incredible hike. It was an awesome journey. Mm-hmm. And if, if you can kind of look at that and go, gosh, yeah, I might've had a horrible childhood or I might've had uh, you know, just a devastating marriage, or I've, I've lost someone that I love. And it really has become who you are today. If you could just look at it that way mm-hmm. and go, but that was that, that I took that leap of faith. And now I am here and that this is who I am today because of my past, but I'm not going to let it define me in my present. Well, and as we know, our past leads us to today. And it's easy, like you just said, to focus on the negative with all the obstacles and the challenges and not really see amazing opportunities and freedom. And as we know, so much um, of freedom and so many opportunities derive from the pain Mm -hmm. of our past. So how do we take the pain, not allow it to define us, but allow it to transform us into... Um, to motivate us to really help other people with the same things to overcome. And well, so, and that's what we want to talk about today, and especially with our, our special guest, but to not be slaves of the past, because if we're slaves, it's only by our choosing. And I know it's so hard. I know you and I have gone through some obstacles even, and we will tell each other, this does not define who we are. Mm-hmm. Don't let it just be all consuming to us. And we're going to focus on, Tomorrow, we're going to focus on the future. We're not going to, and then we'll go back into, yeah, but this happened. And I really don't, (laughs) I don't really like this little part here that took place. It is easy to get stuck. Yes. It's easy to get stuck into that moment that, that was very significant in a negative way. And we always want to go back and revisit it. Right. And kind of camp out there. Don't you think sometimes you want to revisit it because you, um, 
you can't get your head wrapped around. It's almost surreal. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, it's something that is, that has happened in your life that you, you can't comprehend. So you have to almost go back and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're, you're purging it by, you know, but then if you're purging it over and over and over and over and over again, that that becomes your identity, mm-hmm. then you do become a slave to it. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I, it's, Oh, poor me. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm in this, you know, we're just spiraling over and over and over again, but you, you do need that person to come along and, and, uh, you know, that Bob Hope video that I love so much where the woman comes in and she has some, like, she's, you mean Bob Newhart. <laughs> For those that want to Google it, it's Bob Newhart. Uh, yes, yes, that would help. You're really dating yes. yourself with Bob Hope. Uh, well, Bob Newhart, Newhart is pretty bad too. Better, but and she she's like afraid she's gonna. She has a fear of being buried alive or something. And Bob Hope is a psychiatrist, and he's the psychiatrist, yeah. and he just screams, "Stop it! Just stop it!" And it just he keeps saying it over and over again. Every time she brings up a fear that she has from something in the past, he just yells, "Stop it!" And so that is our challenge for today. We are yelling at our listeners, just stop it. Don't let your past define who you are. As today. Bob Newhart, Bob Hope would say, right? <laughs> yes. You can Google, <laughs> Google that if you'd like, because it is a very, very funny Well, funny it video. is so easy to allow something in the past to define and, and to label us. And I, and I know I've shared the story, but it was really significant because um, my husband and I had a young gal visiting, um, staying at our home one time, and she had... Um, she had a DUI and so she was, she was going on and on and on about, I am a felon. I'm a felon and here's why and going on and on and on. And just, she couldn't get past it. I mean, it was really consuming her. Finally, my husband just said, okay, I'm going to challenge you. You keep talking about this. Let me just tell you, you have to change your perception of who you are because yes, you have a felony. That is a fact, but you're not a felon. You need to move past that and not see yourself as a felon. Mm -hmm. Because when you see yourself, in that box, we yeah. put we put ourselves in this box, and then we can't get past it. And then we see that we don't we don't see any hope, and we don't see that we have something to offer somebody. Well, when you can go, you know what? I made a mistake. Uh-huh. I made a bad choice, and I've had to live with the consequences, and I've had to endure that, and it's been painful, and it has helped define me, but it's not labeling me and keeping me in that place. And then you project it onto other people. Mm -hmm. You you project it to where they start seeing you that way. And there's a great quote that you and I like, the distance between who I am and who I want to be is separated only by my actions and words. And that's where, once again, it goes back to, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. And do you want to stay in that where you've defined yourself and then Mm -hmm. you project that onto other people. So they start seeing you that way. Are you going to make a choice to get beyond that? Um, I think even a good example would be, um, people in their marriages, uh, you see that you're in this unhealthy spiral where you keep just making the same choices over and over and over again. And you need to either go, I'm going to get healthy here Mm -hmm. and I'm going to quit whining and complaining about this marriage or what? <laughs> you know, it, it goes back to choices. Uh-huh. I, I have to choose and I'm going to choose health. I'm going to choose to get passes and do the work that it takes to get healthy and to improve and not just, I, I think women settle a lot. I know, mm-hmm. I know I'm guilty of that. 
Um, it, you, get, you get in those places where it can be paralyzing sometimes and we just settle. And it, because maybe of a, of a label or something somebody says, we don't see ourselves worthy of going beyond that. And so we stay in that place. It's like a, we heard one time a gal saying it's like elastic. It's like a rubber band being attached to you. You stay, you stay in the same place it's, because it's comfortable. It's mm-hmm. comfortable to go, okay, I have pain here and I'm wounded here, but it's what I'm used to. So I'm just going to keep staying in the same cycle over and over and over again. Absolutely. Well, as we've said, it is easy to get stuck in the past and allow it to define us. We've got to move forward and, and, and see what God has in store for us on the other side. And we love quotes. You've already said one of the quotes we love. I'm going to give another one. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And that was Ralph Waldo Emerson. And that is just such a good quote, mm-hmm. a good reminder. When we come back from a, a break that we're going to take really quickly and our next segment has our special guest harmony Dust. we're going to be talking about love defined with her and she has a great story that's just going to inspire and encourage so many so stay with us we'll be right back with our special guest harmony Dust. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. 
back to our show this day and with um, Harmony Dust, our special guest. And she is an accomplished speaker, writer, and brings a passion for God into every day. She is also the author of Stars and Stilettos, and she is our friend. Welcome, Harmony. Hello. Well, Harmony, um, well, first of all, I just want to say awesome, awesome book for stars and stilettos. And you can find out more about that on our website. And um, we can also lead you into Harmony's website to get that book. But we know your story and know that you have overcome a lot in your past to be who you are today. You have transformed your past into a treasure that is helping so many women. Um, just mm-hmm. back us into your story and, and share with us a little bit how God has redeemed and redefined your life. Yeah, so kind of the Cliff Notes version is essentially that I was um, raised in a pretty violent home in a violent neighborhood and sexually abused throughout my life by both men and women and raped as a teen. And um, I say that in um, without a lot of pain attached to it because my, my heart has been healed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that obviously at the time was very painful and just caused me um, to have a lot of self-loathing. And I mean, I was suicidal from the time I was eight years old. I was already writing suicide notes and just mm-hmm. thinking about how it would take my life. Um and one of my abusers was my mother's boyfriend. And by that time, I was 13 and kind of started standing up for myself and gave her an ultimatum and said, he's got to go or I'm leaving. And she realized I was serious when I ran away from home and then said, fine, come back, come home, and I'll, I'll send him away. Only problem is she left with him, leaving me at the age of 13 alone with my brother, who was eight years old, for three months to fend for ourselves with $20 and a book of food stamps. Mm. So we, um, you know, I started stealing from the liquor store down the street after the $20 ran out and the food stamps ran out um, just to feed my brother and I. And it was at that point in my life that an older boy in the neighborhood started coming around. And, um, you know, when he was around, he would, I didn't have to steal food. He would buy us food from Burger King and he would tell me, you know, anybody messes with you, I got your back, you know, so he made me feel protected. And um, it was ultimately that relationship, which became physically and emotionally abusive, but it was that relationship that led me um, into the sex industry at the age of 19. I started working as a stripper and just became in the involved in a complete downward spiral in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it wasn't until essentially I met a girl, you know, a couple of years into this, um, who demonstrated through her friendship unconditional love of God and through her friendship, I began to experience the character of God, and I um, finally took her up on her offer to go to church and started hearing the truth that I am loved and that I am valued and that I am purposed. And it took a while, like obviously healing is a process, but once that revelation really started um, taking root in my heart, it became impossible to live in a way that contradicted it. And I just eventually made a full-fledged decision to just take the big leap and follow Jesus, and um, I have never regretted it. And, you know, it's been a a healing journey, but I'm thankful now um, all these years later that God is just using my pain from my past to reach other women and to use my story to give other women hope. And essentially that it's um, my past that through which the Ministry of Treasures was birthed, and that's the outreach and support group um, to women in the sex industry that I run today. So that's in, in the clip version, clip notes version. That was a quick version. Hey, I got to back <laughs> up a little bit because okay. 
even though we want to focus on the hope, I, I just want to, um, in your book, you talk about a time when the, this boyfriend of yours, and, and the reason why I want to go back a little bit is because we do hear of women that they just stay in that, that rut because they, they feel inadequate and they don't feel like they deserve anything better. Yeah. And you, you kind of share that to, to the max. I mean, cause you read right. that and you go, Oh my word, seriously, that share a little bit more about you were literally living with this guy who then went and had another girlfriend right there with you. Yes. Living so, in the same house. Yes. Tell yep. us like what, what happened there? <laughs> why, why in the world? Because we, when now you, I'm sure you look back at that and go, okay, how does, how does anyone put up with that? Oh my gosh. I look back and I, I, like, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with my brain. My brain is healthy and intact. I graduated magna cum laude from UCLA, but I, it's just amazing. It's astounding to me, the kind of compromises that I was willing to make just because I, I didn't know my value. So mm-hmm. the thing is, is that when this guy, you know, told me that I was stupid and nobody would ever love me and, you know, that, um, you know, just these lies about myself, the thing is, is it confirmed everything I already believed to be true about myself. So mm-hmm. he wasn't telling me anything that was contrary to what I believed in my heart to be true about me. And then the other thing is, is that I unhealthy, dysfunctional, abusive relationships was all I was exposed to. So mm-hmm. in my, based on my experience and my perspective, all relationships were abusive, all men were abusive. And so why would I leave this abusive relationship and get into another relationship with someone who's going to be abusive, but it's unfamiliar? At least I felt like at the time, I know what sets this guy off. I know how to walk on eggshells. I know how to do the dance because it was my normal. And I think that, you know, as humans, we're, we're creatures, creatures of habit and we become comfortable with what's familiar and we become comfortable with dysfunction when dysfunction is familiar. And that's what happened for me. So you were actually um, going in into the clubs. You were making all this money as a stripper. You were coming home to your boyfriend that you lived with, and you were basically giving him the majority of the money. And then yeah, all of it. He, yeah. he all of a sudden decided that he wanted another girlfriend. Well, the thing is, is that he was never faithful to me from the start, and it just was a matter of um, actually one day. Yes. So yeah, every night coming home, giving him all my money. At one point I started trying to hide some from him, ironically enough in the Bible, because I knew it was the one place in the house he wouldn't look. So I would lie to him about how much I made and flip little $100 bills in the Bible until I, it got too big and I had to open a safety deposit. But anyway, so yeah, basically he eventually was pimping me. He was my pimp. Every night I came home, gave him all my money. And then one day I came home and went in the closet of my bedroom to do the laundry, to pull his clothes out of the laundry. And there was another woman's clothes hanging in my closet. And that's how I found out that he moved his pregnant girlfriend into our house without even talking to me about it. I mean, like, and that's just how it went. And I literally slept on the couch in my own apartment that I was paying for because he wasn't working. And then, um, you know, he moved his pregnant girlfriend in. So, and then, you know, from that point, he started even... You know, now I look back and I see he was using me to recruit other women in the club to work and give them his money too, their money too. But then one of we moved one of them in. I mean, it was like seriously, like they could have done an entire season of Jerry Springer on my life. Like it was that <laughs> ridiculous. 
<laughs> I, and I would watch that show because it made me feel better about myself. Yeah. But um, I'm normal. Yeah, and I'm that, watching. I'm it, watching another normal family on the show. It, yeah. Right. It was my normal, and real. I think that I I thought you know I had known him since I was 11 years old, and you know I believed that. He was the only one who would ever stay with me. He gave me his presence, which was more than anyone had ever uh, else in my life had done. My father had abandoned me by this point. My stepfather was gone, and his presence was enough. And you know, on top of on top of all of that, I just um, I thought I needed him to survive. And the truth is, when I was thirteen that summer, that my mom left and I was alone, I did depend on him for my survival. And something yeah. happened in me where. Now, then, you know, growing up from 11, meeting him, my survival depending on him at 13, now I'm an adult. And obviously, outside looking in, you could say, well, no, you could leave him. You, you have every reason to leave him. You'll, you'll live. But I still believe, like that 13 little girl, that my survival depended on him. I literally thought I would die. And I just wouldn't be able to make it in the world without him. And he, you know, he perpetuated that, that belief as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it is it is such a subtle process. And we see this so many times with women who have had those experiences and it just it, it just breaks you down in, in little ways. And, you know, the, the the abandonment issues, there's so many emotional issues that come into play. And as women, we start we go, I, I just don't have the energy to fight it anymore. And our longing to be loved um, we will do anything to get that love, whether it is a distorted love or not. And like you said, you get to a point where you don't even know what what is a healthy love and what is an unhealthy love. And we see that so many times with women. They don't know what healthy love looks like. Mm-hmm. And so they settle and they think what they're experiencing, the abuse or, you know, the whatever it looks like, they think that is normal. And it's breaking those cycles to go, no, this is not healthy. This is not normal. You don't have to settle for this. At what point did you realize, I don't need this. I don't, I am stronger than this. I am, I am more than this. Was there a moment? Was there a point when you realized that? Or was that a process also? It, it was a process. It was like, it was the process of me seeing it modeled to me. I, I had exposure to that friend that I mentioned. So mm-hmm. I saw like, wow, she seems to think something of herself. <laughs> you know, yeah. wow, she doesn't let people walk all over her. That's amazing. Um, and then beginning to learn the, just reading the Bible and learning, you know, that God created me with a purpose and that he loves me and nothing will separate me from his love. And so it got to the point where I, I still remember the moment I was standing in the middle of the strip club, actually I was in the middle of a table dance, and I, it just hit me. I had been hearing it, but it hit me. I have been created with a purpose. And I just started welling up with tears, which was crazy for me at that time because I was so hardened and had just numb, was so numb and didn't even feel my feelings anymore. But I started welling up with tears, and I just thought, if I have been created with a purpose, this can't be it. And so it was, it was kind of from that place that change naturally happened as a byproduct of the, the stuff that was happening in my heart. But yeah, it was a process. And it was also a process of, um, of letting God meet those human innate needs that he placed in me that are, that, that he created me with. I was searching to get those needs met in dysfunctional relationships and in attention from men and in all the wrong things. But then coming to a point where I began to get those needs met by God himself, then I 
I needed the guy less and less because God was filling us. Like, I was actually just reading um, in John 4 this morning the story of the woman at the well. And it's been, it's always been a story that I, it resonates with me because I, I, I feel like I can relate to her longing that she is just searching and she keeps, you know, searching, but ultimately God is the only thing that can satisfy her needs. Well, and Harmony, we're going to take a quick break to be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible-built comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management. The holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVette live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our conversation today about love defined since we are in February. That is our theme as talking about the love month, (laughs) the love month, allowing love to define us, uh, not our shame. And we're talking today with our special guest, Harmony Dust. She's the author speaker, and she's also the founder of treasures. Um, Harmony, you were, you were sharing a little bit about finding God's love. When you started going, a girlfriend took you to Oasis there in California and one thing I think is interesting is when you were saying then you started reading scripture and you just saw that that pursuit that that God was, you know, created you with a purpose. So if you've had nothing but abandonment and, you know, your perspective of what love is, how were you able to overcome that and go? I mean, I know it's just it's the Holy Spirit, but how what was your process in that in overcoming that feeling of what what is love? I, 
gosh, I feel like I'm still learning <laughs> about what is love. And, um, I mean, at the time I just thought love was somebody who would tolerate me enough to stick around and, you know, whoever was there the longest, mm-hmm. but now I'm just, I'm learning so much more that love is, is faithful and kind and long suffering and love is action and love is a choice. And I mean, I feel like I'm constantly discovering what love is and can't even fathom just how much God loves me. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's a process, but you know, I love, I love the concept of learned helplessness for, uh, and it's helped me understand like what was happening for me. And essentially the, the concept it's used to, um, kind of explain why people get into depressive cycles and kind of um, paralyzed in certain circumstances. But there was this experiment that was done using three groups of dogs and each was put inside like a shuttle box apparatus and um, harnessed. And two groups of dogs were exposed to negative stimulus and the third group was a control control group. They were not. And um, one of them could press a lever one of the dogs who was experiencing shock could press a lever and the lever would stop the painful experience. The other dog, when they pressed the lever, nothing happened. So the shocks appeared to be at random. And so in the second phase of the experiment, they took the harnesses off. So all the dogs were free to leave these little boxes. They could easily jump over them, you know, jump out of them. And then when the, when the first group of dogs was exposed to a shock, the one who learned that the lever um, would stop the shock from ha- happening, that group of dogs, when they were shocked, they jumped out because their experiences previously taught them that they could do something to control the situation. So they jumped out of the box. The control group, the same thing. They were like, heck, no, I'm not sticking around here and experiencing shock. This is ridiculous. They jumped out. What was interesting about the other group of dogs whose, whose experience taught them that painful stimulus happened at random and nothing they could do would control it, even though they had no more harness, when they experienced the shock, they stayed in the box. They mm. could have jumped. Freedom was available to them. They could have jumped just like the other two groups of dogs, but they laid there and cried and whined helplessly. But I think that happens to us in life, especially for those of us who have experienced trauma and sexual abuse and abandonment. Our experiences in life teach us that bad things are going to happen and there's nothing you can do. So you might as well just stay there and just deal with it. And so I think that's what happened for me. It's like, yeah, this relationship was abusive. I hated stripping. My life was a complete mess, but my experiences taught me that there was nothing I could do. The bad things were going to happen and I just had to bear it. And so I think what for me happened is that I looked over at my friend and I saw, whoa, she jumped out of the box Mm -hmm. and I don't have here either. And that's why I think story is so powerful because when we hear the stories and see the examples of people who have jumped out of the box and have decided like, hey, I'm not sticking around for this. There's a different life out there. Freedom is at my fingertips. Then it inspires us that we can jump out of the box too. That is such a great analogy because as, even if you're saying that, you, we can all look at times when we go, why do I feel that sense of helplessness? Why am I staying in a situation and feeling that and why am I not jumping and doing something? And it, it is a lot of times a paradigm shift that you have to consciously yeah. make a choice to go, I'm going to get out of this box. I am not going to tolerate this anymore. And that oh. is an act of courage, which, um, 
you know, going back to when you said you had your girlfriend, and this is the whole thing, Patty and I, it's all about the relationships, and we learn, and we heal through other relationships, and the power of story, like you said, when we hear somebody else's story, it gives us permission and gives us courage to go, you know what, I can do that too, and when it's when we're isolated that we feel helpless, and that's the things you're, you're passionate about and we're passionate about is just bringing people together to talk, to share stories, to go, there is hope and healing and restoration. Um, yeah. But it is so easy to get stuck in those, that sense of helplessness. So practically, let's just talk about when, how do you, and just in your conversation with women that have experienced many of the same life traumas that you have and the abuse, how do you guide them in that process? I mean, honestly, so much of it is through story. Like, I, I think that's the most powerful tool that we have. And even the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's like, you know, most people don't want to be preached at. But if you tell them a story, then, you know, they, they're inspired that maybe they, there's hope for them. And what God did in me, he'll, he'll do in somebody else because he's not a respecter person. So I think story is um, the most powerful tool that we have and bringing freedom to other people. You know, it's interesting because um, I really didn't realize how powerful the story was until in the last few years. And yet I look back at what my mom did with me growing up and everything. It's exactly what you said. When she would start throwing scripture at me, I had a tendency to just go, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I can to this day remember the stories that she would tell me about yeah, so and so and so and so, how they were having sex before they got married, married, and to this day, you know, they've had to go to counseling because it really affected their marriage. You know, it was it was stories. It wasn't yeah. that you really shouldn't have sex before you get married. It was wow, they had a hard time yeah. in their married life because they had this past. And it was the continuous um stories that she would share about just the people around us. Um, yeah. I guess some could say that's gossip. <laughs> she, yeah. she used it as a teachable moment all the time. And yeah. it's true. I, I find, you know, just sharing the stories with your kids, they're, they're growing through that storytelling. Yeah. And actually, you know, it's a big moment for me. I've been in church. I've been reading the Bible. I heard my pastor preach the scripture and he's an amazing preacher. Philip Wagner. Love him. Like love him. But the big game changer for me was the first time I ever heard someone's story. And it was a man and his story was totally different than mine. He had been a drug addict and homeless. Um, so the, I mean, and he wasn't even the same gender as me and he's never been in the sex industry, but what his story showed me is that God, if God could love a man like him, then maybe he could love me. And mm. if God can change a life like his, maybe he can change my life. And so it, it was distinctly that day that I decided I was going to do whatever it took to put God first in my life and to make my relationship with God a priority and that I wanted to be um, a person who is like it, uh, the man talked about a scripture in John fifteen five that says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, you will bear fruit. But apart from me, man can do nothing. And I realized that I was like that branch apart from God. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be connected to the vine. And it was because of his story. And that, that story is so powerful because it shows us, like, it shows us the love of God. God is glorified in our stories. It shows us that transformation is possible. And it doesn't even have to be the same story that we have for us to kind of, to get that, that spark of hope lit in our heart. 
Well, your story had an impact on me when you shared that about you coming home and your boyfriend had moved all your clothes um, from your apartment and you laid there on the couch while he and his new pregnant girlfriend were in your bedroom. Um, Mm -hmm. It had such an impact because I looked through the lens with my temperament going, absolutely not. No one puts up with that kind of stuff. And then as women that were coming and talking to me in similar situations where they were dealing with relationships that they were getting treated less than, or they felt like they weren't worthy um, to go. This is, and even with a lot of the work that Lisa and I were doing within the, the sex industry with these gals that, um, that keep going back to their pimps. And it's like, we cannot figure it out. It's that psychological, that spiral that they, that just like you said, we're creatures of habit, and so they just keep going back to what's normal for them, and that's their comfort zone, whereas we can't understand it. We think if you have an opportunity to, like you said, for the dog to jump and have the freedom, why would you not jump? And it really helped me to understand that, guess what? Really intelligent women do get stuck right here, and yep. nobody's telling them that they have a purpose and that God created them. and. To, to live their life in, 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 they don't have to feel less than. And so that's why yeah. it's even, you know, how did you really realize how much God loves you and is pursuing you and wants you to have that purpose that just, yeah. what we only have two minutes here, Harmony, before we go into another commercial break. And once again, we just, we love it whenever we can have a conversation with you. Um, can you just go back to giving a couple of tips to help women that are letting their past define them or even their present define them. They just can't take that leap and jump out of that kennel cage. <laughs> they want to get stuck oh in the pain. God. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things, but I would say that isolation is um, one of the unhealthiest things that we can do. But if we can um, put ourselves in healthy communities with safe, authentic people and mm-hmm. be willing to... Um, share with safe people what's going on in our hearts and share the truth about our stories and our lives. There's so much healing that happens in authentic community. So I would say that's one of the most important things that you can do for yourself is to um, resist the urge to isolate and surround yourself with safe, healthy community. And um, the isolation, that is such a good point because I, I do have, there's women in that Lisa and I have been working with and they, they choose that because you get mm-hmm. to where just going, going kind of into your, your cave, you don't want to yeah. talk to others yeah. and you just kind of want to, I, I have a girlfriend right now where she just wants to focus on work because it's the one thing she knows she can do really well at and she, yeah. can, she can control it and she's awesome yeah. at it. You know, there's a high executive. Yeah. And so that's where it's like, I don't want to be around my friends. So that's a really good point. When you see that you don't want to be around your friends, it, that's a big red flag to go, okay, isolating. Mm-hmm. Well, and Harmony, yeah. again, thank you just for coming and sharing your heartbeat and your passion and just giving so many other women hope and that there is healing on the other side and the power of a story. You've said so many great points. We're going to have information on our website of how women can contact you at I Am a Treasure. And Harmony does. We highly encourage you to get her book, Stars and Stilettos. Again, thank you for, or for talking with us, Harmony. We'll be right back after the quick break. Oh, for sure.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political? Too nice to be real? Tame, even though you really want to be unleashed? Like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending? Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Wooloo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show and conversation about love defined. We've been specifically talking about letting go of our past and not allowing it to define who we are. This is a challenge, obviously, because many times we choose to continue to to punish ourselves. And that's what we talked about, like the dogs just sitting in the cage and and whining and and, uh, complaining. Well, not that the dogs complain, but... (laughs) <laughs> You're whining. We complain. <laughs> Rather than move past it all. And um, we just finished an inspiring conversation with our guest, Harmony Dust. And uh, she had some great insight. Obviously, she has gone through some major, major um, uh, just tragedies and horrific things that have happened in her life. And she truly is one of those that you look at and you go, how in the world did you go from here to, to there? there? And be so healthy because you just look at her and you go, okay, that is someone who has definitely had the trials and the tribulation. And it's like you said, it's the courage. It's taking the risk. It's, it's mm-hmm. truly jumping out of the cage. Um, so we want to just give some tips and allow love, allowing love um, to, to not, and, and not the hurts to define you. Well, and, and so many of us, and so many people that are listening to that, we are engaged with ministry or in relationships, leading a small group or whatever. And, and, you know, it, it is amazing because there is so much brokenness and so much 
heard out there, especially in women's lives, that they, you know, whatever from trauma to tragedy to, you know, failure to abuse. And you just see it. It's, it's pretty rampant out mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. people are not alone. And I think one of the one of the big lies the enemy wants to tell us, we kind of alluded to this earlier, is he wants to keep women trapped and alone where you feel like I am the only one mm-hmm. and in isolation. And mm-hmm. Harmony touched on that isolation, which is a key factor because if truly if the enemy can isolate us, yeah. then it, oh gosh, it goes back to the stories I tell myself. We can, the story we start telling ourselves, and, and, you know, I'm not worthy and I, I will never, and no one will love me. Mm-hmm. And we start telling and convincing ourselves that that is truth mm-hmm. when that is a huge lie. And so you and I are very passionate we are about bringing women together to, to share our stories, to talk about these things, to bring that darkness to light, mm-hmm. because that's where the healing happens. Yes. And like she said, you know, just that healthy, authentic community and creating those places where women can talk. And that's one of the reasons why we love doing radio because it's, it's, it's something like Harmony or the, so many different guests that we are just so privileged to have these conversations with it. You go, I would love to sit across the table with so-and-so and just pick their brain. Mm-hmm. And we get to do that each yes. week. And that's what we want to bring. We, with Even with women that we know that are out there listening through a podcast or just li- listening virtually, I know there's so many questions we want to tap into. What are people, what are we all thinking, but we're not expressing? Mm-hmm. And what questions, if we could ask, would we ask? And, and then that's where the getting the dialogue and that's where the healing happens. Well, and I, I like what you said, bringing the darkness to light. Cause I really, in, in some of the women that we've talked to, the ones that have had the biggest tragedy and the where you just go, wow, how in the world that was a really, really dark place. Seems like God just blesses them with an overabundance of light. And so that's the hope there for if you're, you know, listening to the show and you just feel like I cannot take it anymore. I truly cannot take it. Then if you're going to choose and let God and just allow God to work in you, there is going to be so much light given to you. He mm-hmm. just blesses those. He mm-hmm. really does bless. I mean, harmony is, is a perfect example. And so some tips that we can um, move forward with. I think the, the, one of the first tips is to define your pain. Um, understand why you were hurt and, and get to the root of that. And that goes back to asking questions which you have, you've even trapped me on a plane, <laughs> making me go deeper and, and go there. And it is about asking questions and even asking yourself questions or finding that safe person and go, okay, let's just have a dialogue and ask questions and allowing one question to lead to another instead of taking a pat answer, which we are, as women, we are so good at giving we're okay. the we're, correct, we're fine. politically yes. correct answer mm-hmm. instead of going, this is really what I'm feeling. Yes. And, and it's creating those safe places for those conversations can happen. Yes. And we've got to be engaging and giving women permission to have those conversations because as women, we are caring a lot. So once you define the, the pain and go, okay, this is where the root of it is, then exactly what you said, express that pain. Even if it's, um, I know... We always really encourage people to write in a journal, although we, we find ourselves not doing that. But writing it in a journal, write a I, letter. I realize that my journal looks like bullet points. Yeah. Because I used to always have to think, you know, you write, dearest diary, today. And it has to be flowery because you never know what generation is going to read it, yes. you know, yes. down the road. And you want it, the words to be. And it's like, you know what? 
that's never going to happen. So I'm just going to put some bullet points and some thoughts. And that's great. And it's so helpful because yeah. then I'll actually do it. If yes. I'm waiting for me to write the perfect sentence, right. it, it's not going to happen. Well, because my thing is, you know, if I'm going to take the time to write down the journal, I would rather write to one of my kids or write a cute love note to my husband or write something in their lunchbox. You know, it's like you just are so busy in the day to even write down anything. But yet, you know, we can send emails the bullet points are good. all day long. Bullet yes, points are good. bullet points are good. So define the pain, then express the pain. Um, but then try to stay in the present because... I know it's like an oxymoron almost because we're saying define the pain, you know, find where the root is. But and then define it to it. move forward. And once exactly. you define it, don't keep revisiting it there. Yes. Don't, don't camp out. It can be addictive. It, it, you, you almost like torturing yourself. When, you, uh, when you're telling it over and over and over again, you can get stuck. So quit playing the victim game. And, I, I mean, have you been with people like that where it's like, Gosh, five years ago, you were in the same place. <laughs> okay, so does this mean when I when I find myself because of you know ADD or maybe age, and I'm telling you the same story, does that mean that I'm stuck, <laughs> or does that just mean I'm senile? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a little dementia there of like, yeah. We always have a code when we're sitting there at, at lunch with with people, and we find that we're telling the same same story over and over again. We we have a certain look that we give each other to go. That I to go. Oh yeah, yeah I have already, I've already shared this story before. I forget. I forget my audience. <laughs> Fast forward. We've been there before. Ew, yeah. But yeah, definitely um, be aware of telling it over and over again, especially like you said, if you're with the same audience and you keep sharing your same stories. Um, also, living life around a memory, it, it gives power to that memory. And it starts controlling you when you mm -hmm. keep just going back and going back and going back. It's good to define it, to express it, write it down, journal it, burn it, whatever you can to, to get rid of it. But if you, once again, if you're in the same spot telling the same, same story over and over again, well, and it, it goes back to like what we were talking with Harmony, it's a process. Mm -hmm. So it's like, start making that memory less a memory. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to go from, I'll never think about it again, but go, okay, I'm going to put a little more space in between my my thinking time of that memory. And eventually that memory, you know, just, I won't keep going back to that place. It'll get where it's not consuming so much of my thought and my time. Yeah. And, and so that would lead into forgiving yourself. And, and that's a tough one. It is a tough one. And there's also two parts to this. It seems like we say one, one thing and then we turn around and go, you know, define it, define the pain and then move on past the, the, the pain, forgive yourself. But then we also say, take ownership. So it, it, uh, on one hand, one of the tips would be forgive yourself. You know, maybe you didn't do anything wrong. Like in Harmony's situation, it's, you're, you're having to forgive yourself just because of the shame, although mm -hmm. circumstances is what led you, you know, into that place. Um, but if you do have immense regret, you can either punish yourself and submit to misery or forgive yourself and, and move on to happiness. But dwelling on it, you either dwell on it or you move on. You mm -hmm. can't just keep going back and going And it back. goes back to choices. You, we, we all have choices to make and how much we're going to allow the past to define us and to dictate our present circumstance and yes. live in that. And, um, and there is freedom and there's hope and there's healing. And that's, that's a message we want to get acro across today is you don't have to allow the past to define you, but learning from it. Yeah. And it, there's huge, a huge learning curve in that. And God never wastes an experience mm. and he never wastes a life. So he wants to take and allow us to use maybe that experience, not to 
to get us stuck and to be a victim, but to go, I can encourage others that have going down the same path that have been where I've been, that are where I've been. Does I are where I've been? (laughs) (laughs) Where did that come from? But yeah, be willing to change your old patterns and the behavior. And I want to go back to the, um, right now dealing with someone who, uh, it's not about forgiving themselves. It's about taking ownership. And I think so many times, I, I think this next generation, I don't know, on the news yesterday on O'Reilly, it was a gal that had literally in court told the, the judge, um, drop the F-bomb at him. And they were discussing that, how this ne- we would have never dreamed. Here you are in court. A judge is, I don't know if he was talking about her disrespect sentence. Disrespect issue. It's, mm-hmm. it's even, it's over and beyond disrespect. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, it's that respect of authority where we used to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And now to a judge that it's beyond no, sir, it's know your honor, yeah. <laughs> sir. Right. And then you're over here, you know, dropping the F-bomb where we do have to take ownership. So some of that in that forgiveness in order to change your old patterns and behavior might be what part am I playing in this where I'm the victim and you keep, you keep looking at yourself in that, in that victim mentality. And yet you're the one that's created it. Mm -hmm. You're the one that needs to take ownership and go, wait, I did this, this, this. And then in order to move on, I need to own it. I need to then maybe ask forgiveness of the people that I have done harm to. And how many relationships are destroyed or damaged because one person won't take ownership for their part in it and admit? Because you can't move forward if nobody's willing to take ownership. You cannot make correct a a wrong Mm -hmm. if if people are in denial that it even exists. And so it is really about having that healthy dialogue, those healthy conversations to go, you know, this is where I was. This is who I am. I'm going to own. I'm going to own this, and I really want to be better. Will you join me in the journey and and come alongside me as I take steps to to overcome and to really have that love redefined mm-hmm. and to live in the freedom of that. And um, and that is a challenge. And that is really what we want to put out there to our listeners today to listen to this to this podcast and just go. There is hope and healing on the other side. Your past does not have to define you. And here's some tips. We're going to put some of those tips on our website. Yes. Defining your pain, expressing that pain, trying to stay in the present, um, be aware of telling it over and over again, and being stuck and letting it control you, uh, living life around a memory. Um, and giving it, power to that memory. Yes. is something that you need to wake up and, and get over it. It's that... Bob Hope, Bob Newhart, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. I want you to put a link to that so people can see see that thing. That was actually pretty good. Well, we're going to conclude our show today. And um, we just thank you once again for defining love with us. Or redefining it. Or redefining it. <laughs> Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 